And welcome back, folks, to Season 3, Episode 8 of the How You Say Podcast. I'm AJ, and returning from his short retirement is... Boyd, I'm back, baby. I am back. Feels good. How uh, is the pup? Right. Pup is great. She's uh, very cuddly and um, has a healthy appetite. Likes to chew on stuff. Um, but she's been uh, she's been a godsend. I, I'm one to know since we got the pup. So you know, okay. this is this is what I needed to make my final fantasy push here. Second, second so, half of the season. We're at the, the midway point here. Speaking of like jinxes and superstition, yeah, I believe I'm all in place since I moved. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. What's going on? So, I don't the- know whether I should go live back at my old place <laughs> until the fantasy season ends. It's probably the new internet connection you're dealing with there. You're, you know, you're getting inaccurate information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not going well for you, my friend. Uh, it's not, but I'm hoping to turn it around this week, as I've said for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how I go. All right, well, shall we do a little recap of week seven? Yep. And let's just lip the Band-Aid off. Uh, I went into some trouble with a person joining the 4040 club Christina with both her quarterbacks going off Mm -hmm. for each 40 points plus and then I put up a zero in the tight end position Dallin Fells did play didn't record a single stat was on the field did take snaps but no stats and then Carson decided he didn't want to play after the first quarter. I mean, look, you put up a very respectable 143. That's probably one of the better scores in the league this year. I mean, it certainly was this week. I believe it was the third highest score. Uh, you know, you happened to face 178. And Christina, her squad, had her best performance of the year. Uh, not quite high point for the week, amazingly, but... You know, sometimes you score 143 and you lose. That's that's kind of all there's to say about that one. Nice. Better, better days are ahead. Okay. Uh, speaking of high point for the week, we have a new best week of the year. Uh, high point this week went to Ted. He went from fewest points scored in the entire league of the season to most points scored in a single week by anybody all season. Almost triple his score. Almost Sorry, tripling a score? Yeah, he went from like 70 points to 192. That sounds about right. And demolished Andrea, who... Kind of same story. Badger put up a 132, which I believe would have been fifth best score in the league uh, last week. And just, you know, thumbs the break sometimes. It's it's a brutal break for her. Um, On the other side, you mentioned Christina joining the newly founded 4040 Club, which Ted also did. But Ted also founded the 504030 Club, 
with Lockett going for 50, Brady for 40.9, and Baker for 30.3. He also he, he founded a few clubs because I don't think we've had that many 50-point games. So he also founded like the 50-40-30-20 club. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, he didn't find – like technically he did get the 50-40-30-20-10 club as well. Did you have any single-digit performances? Oh, yeah, he had a six in there. I mean, Yeah, but it like he had a, a six, a three, a one and a half from his kicker. Uh-huh. There's always room for improvement, but I don't think yeah. he's going to get another 50-point game from Tyler Lockett. Mm, probably not. That may be the best score that anybody puts up all year. All right, uh, well, let's keep rolling through them. Uh, we've got Corey continuing his rise up the standings. He was facing off against Andrew. Uh, actually, I believe this was the marquee matchup last week, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Okay, obviously, uh, you don't even match. listen to the podcast when you look <laughs> I was retired last week, all right? That is my excuse. Uh, anyway, Corey came in three and three, uh, gets another win. Out of those four straight wins for Corey, he is starting to find his groove uh, with a 140 to 107 victory. So I don't know how Corey does it. He's doing like the old, the early season AJ trick of everyone performing, but no one blowing, blowing you out of the water. Maybe the mm-hmm. Washington D with 21 points helped. Certainly helped. But even if he got, like, five from that, he would have still won the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone performed well. Boston Scott with 16, Telly McClellan with 21, Juju with 13. His quarterback's coming in with a total of, like, 31. Respectable, but not crazy. Yeah. Let's see if we can keep it up. Uh, Andrew, on the other hand, DK... Had a poor game. Russell still had a good game, but no one else performed enough to keep him in the running. And he's facing some injury concerns with Kenyon Drake out for the season, maybe. Joshua Kelly is now an RB2. Zach Moss is splitting it. Splitting it. Tough times at RB for I'm fine. That's true. He's fine, though. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, we've got Eric and Holtz. Or, yeah, Eric and Holtzclaw. Eric also continuing his meteoric rise up the standings. He also started 0-3. He has now won four in a row, gets himself to 4-3 and three with a 127-87 victory over Holtzclaw. Holtzclaw, on the other hand, you know, he had that uh, big 180-point performance a couple weeks ago. But that is uh, sandwiched by a couple of 70 and 80 point performances. So times are tough uh, at the Holtzclaw Clubhouse. Yeah, I think Holtzclaw is going to be that sneaky, annoying team where, like, if Newton puts up 25 points and Lyon puts up 25 points and Henley does his 30 point game, you'll get taken down by the claw. Well, sure, and he's getting McCaffrey back presumably here in the next week or two. So yeah. it's, it might be a little too late uh, for him to make a playoff push, but you know, crazier things have happened. And then moving on to your matchup versus uh, AJ's War, football. War yes. who 
went back to her old routines of scoring below 100 points mm. and scored a 72, you then got another easy matchup of a, a team underperforming. Hey, I don't make the schedule. I just play the people that are put in front of me. Sure. Uh, I did score a 130. You scored a 130. You had good performances across the board. You that did have... a four from Sammy D. Yes. I I don't know why we would have believed you had found quarterbacks. <laughs> Are you going to... like? Interesting question. Are you going to start tour this week? That is... Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going back and forth on it. I have some interesting players on the bench, which I may or may not throw in over to it. We'll just have to wait and see until we get to the week eight previews to see what my current lineup is. How are you feeling about the $60 you spent on Josh Kelly? Why didn't your bench? Josh Kelly? Oh, Josh Jacobs. Oh, um, not good. That is, that is not good. I, when I spent $66 on him, I, figured he'd be an every week start for me and he has not been matchup proof uh last week was funny because his entire offensive line went into covid protocol at one point and so they didn't have they four out of five of them ended up getting cleared but they didn't have any practice time tampa's a good run defense i just i didn't like the matchup and uh i don't know so you know that if you exclude his first game where he exploded for like 34 points yeah. If you exclude that first game, he's averaging under 10 points. Correct. He's not been great. And now to the actual weekly matchup was Danny versus Barrett. Uh, two three and three teams heading into the week. And Danny spluttered and failed. None, Almost none of his team, except for Teddy Bridgewater, lived up to their p- potential, whereas Barrett scored a nice 142. Drew Brees came through, and even with Odell Beckham scoring a zero, she was able to take out the win on the back of her boyfriend, shall we say? Mi- What's the male form of mistress? Because... Manstress. Manstress, Devontae yeah. Adams. Because we know yeah, we went over that with Christine a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we know Adam Rogers is her fiance slash husband. I'm sorry, did you say Adam Rogers? Devonte, little brother of Aaron Rogers. Oh, no. Adams Rogers. Devonte Adams is her manstress. We know Adam. Oh. Alan Rogers. Sorry, Alan Rogers. Got it. Where Where does Aaron Jones fit into this? Is he? the uh, distant cousin that she could never hook up with? I would say he's the uh, kissing cousin. Kissing cousin. Yeah. You know, she fooled around with him a little bit during those summer vacations. (laughs) All right. Uh, Maybe we move on. Uh, we had no weekly prize winner, unfortunately. Uh, last week, the weekly prize was the Infinite Fantasy, in which you had to score uh, double the score of your opponent. We had some close-ish calls. Yep. Uh, Barrett, Barrett won 142 to 77. She uh, wasn't the closest. Six, he needed six fewer points from Danny in order to get there. 
Uh, and then we had me against AJ's football mommy. I had 130. She had 72. If she had scored seven fewer points, I'd have got there. Uh, and that was about as close as we got, I think. Yep. So almost. So that'll roll over to next week. Uh, also on the news front, we have a name change. Uh, love talking about the name changes. Love people coming up with uh, creative new ways to reference their teams. Uh, Badger, new team name. Yeah. Are you going to change yeah. your image, Badger, of a Badger? And mm. I will want to say Ted Stone, uh, no relation to Black, and Danny. Please pick an image for your teams. You two are the only ones with helmets. Well, sure, but, you know, Eric's got the uh, beer hat guy, which is uh, one of those talking. Sure. And AJ Tommy has the skull with the snake crawling through it. So, you know, not everybody is uh, getting crazy with the internet images just, or the gifts or whatever. Just Although those... a little bit, like, Move away from the helmets is all I'm saying. Yeah. Like Danny has spent time to put an emoji as his like what's it called? Like his four letter call sign. Uh, yeah, like his uh, nickname. Is it or abbreviation? Abbreviation. 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 Yeah. yeah, he's got the like the fire hat or the Merry Christmas Santa hat in there. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see Ted go with. Like a picture of my face with a Tyler Boyd jersey. What about we, we go that? back to the old well of like maybe your mom's face there? My mom's face? Well, what? How does that make sense? Because she's standing under the Boyd. Well, what was Corey's team name last year? Boyd's mom. So going back to that well. That's not, it's a different reference. Don't care. It pissed you off so much that it was enjoyable for the rest of the week. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to some trades. Uh, we did not talk about the trades last week that had happened. And we had some bonus trades um, after that. Uh, so starting off, let's go Terry McLaurin for Johnny Smith. This is Commissioner with junior commissioner uh, making trades um, seem to be on the up and up, but uh, obviously we're going to need to get our investigative team involved just to verify that. How do you, uh, how do you see this one? Uh, who, who do you think won this one? John U. Smith for Terry. McCoy. I think uh, it was a much of a muchness. I, I think that they were, uh, I cannot remember. It was so far ago. I believe, like, I who would I rather have? Taylor McClellan or Johnny Smith? Last week, this time, I would have said, like, oh, yeah, Taylor McClellan. Yeah, Johnny Smith is a number five tight end. Um, Taylor McClellan could be a top 10, maybe top 20 receiver. Now, coming into this week, like with a week's worth of new information, Johnny Smith has kind of fallen away. Like, he is not the go to guy for Lion Tannehill. Whereas. Sounds, sounds like you liked McLaurin last week and you still like McLaurin this week. I kind of liked Johnny Smith last week 
but like even Telly McLaurin, Johnny Smith, slight edge to Johnny Smith. Whereas this week it's all Telly McLaurin. No, oh, all right. Well, what's interesting to me, and maybe we'll go ahead and mention the next trade uh, for Christina, which was trading away Noah Fant, getting back Justin Jackson. Was all the tight end trades she's been making because she already has Darren Waller. So what does she really need Johnny Smith for? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like Waller's been underperforming or giving her any reason to doubt that. And then, you know, it's almost like trading Fant for Janu as her new backup tight end and then getting Justin Jackson, which, you know, he's kind of a, a okay, so... running back for the next couple of weeks. I, you know, I don't know that I really understand this from Christina's angle, but who would you, who knows? Like, where would you want to be? Would you want to be Christina's Loster before she made those trades or after? Before. Okay. I like I like McLaurin. I mean, look, we'll get into her team a little bit later, but I think her best lineup would have been McLaurin, Allen, and A.J. Brown, and then, you know, whichever running back she wants to put with Edwards Hilaire. Um, You know, I don't quite understand the trading a starting receiver for a backup tight end. I mean, he's not literally a backup tight end, but on her team, I mean, Waller's better than John New, and maybe she wants to do kind of a tight end and a flex at the same time, which she's done in the past. But yeah, so I think I give Corey the edge there, uh, and then Danny the edge in picking up Fant as an interesting tight end for yeah, what is essentially a backup right yep. now. All right, uh, let's move on because Corey was not done making trades. Uh, we have continued the streak of at least one trade per week, which I'm very happy about. He traded away Chase Edmonds, got back Juju Smith-Schuster, who he had recently traded away. So he had acquired. So Juju's been trading hands so many times, it's hard to keep track. I believe he got him from Andrew for Kenyon Drake, traded him away for Michael Thomas and then got him back for Chase Edmonds. Yep. And funny funny that the value of Juju kind of keeps going down. The funniest thing is Corey does not like Arizona running backs. He traded away Kenyon Drake. And yep. Kenyon and this is before the season started, Kenyon Drake performed respectively for like a few weeks. Then he had Chase Edmonds. He couldn't trust Chase Edmonds. Trades him away. Kenyon Drake gets injured, and now Chase Edmonds is a starting RB1. So, yeah. cool. real, real poor timing on Corey's part. Yeah. He, you know, just waited one more week. I don't think there's any way that he makes no. it. Down. So, let's see how he goes. He must be kicking himself. Maybe there's a noose hanging from his uh, garage beams. Christina should go check it out. Make sure like he's not too too much in despair. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Okay, moving on to new little corner. So this week I wanted to talk a little bit about playoffs. We're almost getting there. Uh, please look on the league page for. The commissioner's playoff 
new rule that we are wanting to talk about. And it's basically, in general for this week, completely unrelated to new rule corner. We're talking about if COVID happens and we knew we know that maybe the season's going to be cut short ahead of time, do we cut playoffs short by a week? Like maybe you have only two weeks of playoffs or maybe one week of playoffs. So please go leave the note that Christina put up, vote on it, and if you don't vote, you don't get a say, just like the US election. If you don't vote, you don't get a say. So after that... Forever yeah. hold your silence. After that public service announcement, New Rule Corner is, right now in the playoffs, our playoff format in a regular season without COVID is the two... Uh, division winners get in automatically and then it's the next four best records and purely based on records not on points, not on anything else which is fine and dandy and then like the two division winners I think get buys, I don't know if it's the two division winners or the two best records get buys so they get buys and then the Four play four teams that got in with the best records play each other, and then those two play the division winners. Blah blah blah. So, an interesting concept that came up was: what if instead of the two division winners get by, you only, firstly, you have the three best records get in, but the fourth team to get in, the sixth and final team to get into the playoffs, is after the first five teams have gone in, it's the team with the most points. So the, the bad luck team, the team that had the bad matchups, the team that was going against the best scoring team each week and had a bad record but scored a lot of points, so is a good team. Yay or nay on that is one point. And then the second point is, instead of having matchups the first week, why not have, say, the top three teams get by or the top two teams get by or the top one team... No, let's go with the top one team gets by. And the next five teams are in like a battle royale where five teams come in and two teams leave or three teams leave, sorry, which is the top three teams top three scoring teams out of those five go in. What do you think? Uh, that's not bad. I am always one for some creative reshuffling. I do love the top five records get in and then next most points uh, gets in. Um, as far as the one by and then five-way roto or five-way best week, best three of five, I kind of like that. It it takes out a little bit of the luck. I mean, I'll say this, that if you had the second best record, your advantage for doing so well in the regular season should be getting to face the six seed. Whereas, you know, the, the six, five, and four, it's almost like they get to face each other. But you do to, get to, to try to look, advance. As this is the thing, right? Three. If it's five go in, three go out, like five go in and three come out, if you're the second best team, you will be facing the 
sixth seed and the fifth seed. All you have to do is beat both of them, right? Or like beat one of them and someone else. It's not like where you'll go in and like, oh, the sixth best team has a awesome day and you have a okay day, and now you're out. So it gives a. So how do you seed for the second round? So the second round is then just semifinals, where. Is it based on points? Yeah. In the round before, so whoever had third yep. most points would face the one seed, and then first yep. and second would face off. Okay. Well, you're one for radical ideas, and I love you for it. So let's uh, put up for a vote. Okay, uh, well, let's move on to our game for the week. Uh, This one is known as Screw, Mary Kill. You may uh, remember playing this in college or as teenagers with, uh, you know, members of the opposite sex. Basically, you take, you know, for our purposes, we'll take, every team in our league and which team would you screw which team would you marry and which team would you kill so let's uh let's go ahead and get into it uh, let's start with which team would you marry so how are you going what is your definition of marriage so you know marriage is a lifelong commitment uh, to another uh, individual or, or fantasy team in this case. So which team do you want to be with for the long haul? Um, I am taking this to mean which team has uh, the best season-long outlook, which team has the best keepers, which team just, you know, day in and day out, you like, you know, slipping in your sweats and hanging out with. How's that work for you? Is that what marriage is like? I, I don't know for sure. But is that, does that sound pretty accurate? Um, so other than my team, which I think I would want to marry, I... Oh, okay. You can say your own team. You can only say your team once. You can't use your team for all three. But you can certainly use your team for one of the three. Just so, just so we're clear. Yeah, so... I think, like... I don't know. Each team has its disadvantages. Each team has its positives. I am. I'm. I. I'll go with Holt Score. I think. I, I like Holt Score's oh, team. Okay. No, I don't. His running backs are shit. Except, well, his running backs are good. His wide receivers <laughs> are shit. So. All right. Well, while you're still mulling this over, I will go ahead and go with Barrett's team. It's one of the more balanced teams uh, with quarterback, running back, receiver. She's got multiple starting options at each of those positions. She's set up reasonably well uh, for keepers. Uh, she's got Chark again for one more year. and Oh, actually, no, she traded. She's got no keepers. second. Uh, she well, I don't know. Drew Brees. She could keep. She could keep Fuller. Uh, she could keep Singletary. Other people like Singletary. I don't personally, but other people like him. Uh, the quarterbacks, Goff. Uh, yeah, I do believe Brees can be kept for another year. Uh, she could keep 
Devontae Adams for 50 something dollars, something like that. But like, you know, okay, fine. So this year, at least it's a very well-balanced team. I think she's set up well to continue to go through the season, uh, racking up wins, racking up points. Uh, Put it for Barrett's team. I am going to change it up and say, even though I don't love, love it, I will say Alex's team. Eric's team. Okay. Yeah. I, I had like, it's, Tell me why Eric. Like, their lining back situation is a little weak, but they've got Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, maybe he comes through, and then George Kittle, who could be kept. Alan Robinson, who's a really good keeper, I would say. So, very balanced again, as with Barrett's team. Maybe needs a little bit of luck with lining back. But other than that, pretty good, pretty solid. I would trust them. Trust them to mm-hmm. treat me right. <laughs> All right. Uh, then let's move on to the kill. But- which team? Which team do you want to kill? And and I'll I'll let you go e- any number of ways. You could either say. I'm most scared of this team and I want to kill them so I don't have to compete with them for the rest of the year. Or you could say this team is unworthy. Uh, it's one of the worst teams in the league and I just I feel like getting rid of it. So which team do you want to kill? I was ready for the screw. I don't like that. I had my screw team ready. Oh, no, <laughs> we'll save that for last. That's, okay. that's the best one. Oh, this is a tough one. Again, it's a very even year. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a little bit splitting hairs. But I will go with Badger. I think like Badger's okay. team is very... Like, could they put? Could that team put up a 150-point game? Maybe. Are they more likely to put a sub-100-point game? Probably. Like quarterback situations a little rough. Wide receivers is very rough. Running backs is okay. So I'm going with Kill as this is the as she's put it, the best worst team send help. All right. Yes, we forgot to mention that is her new team name is Best Worst Team hyphen send help. I added the hyphen. All right. Um, I am I'm, I could go a couple of different ways on this. Uh, can I give two answers? No. For each definition. All right. Uh, then I am going to stick with my gut here. And I'm going to say Corey's team. For a different reason you seem to be killing off uh, a team that you just don't really like that much. I'm killing Corey's team because like I'm worried about it, but I also am looking at it and I'm having a hard time rationalizing that he's four and three right now and on a four game winning streak. Like it's good, but this week, for instance, he's starting Boston Scott and Brandon Ayuk, and somehow TJ Hawkinson is the number six tight end in fantasy and, I, you know, all that being said, if he gets Sanders back, if he gets Thomas back, if 
Stafford ends up playing like a previous version of himself. You know, we'll see what Devontae Parker has in store. Like he's got, you know, he's got a bunch of wide receiver twos, I would say. And, and Lamar Jackson. And it's just, it's one of those teams that has somehow found themselves at four and three and they haven't hit their potential peak yet. And maybe they never will, you know, maybe those guys that are injured never come back. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but I'm going to go ahead and kill off Corey's team right now. All right. And uh, now which team would you screw? Uh, And, you know, maybe this uh, says something about your methods of screwing, but tell us who you would screw. Okay. Which roster? Oh, look. Josh Jacobs is in the flex. (laughs) Justin Jefferson is in the offensive position. So... I am going to pick your team to screw because I think it is. I don't trust it. I don't trust it to perform week in, week out. I think there's a lot of boom bust in there. But because of that boom bust, it can look very sexy at times. And at other times, you're like, you're not bringing this home to mom. (laughs) So it's like. like a freak in the street and a freak in the sheets. Yeah, like, you're like, you're saying? it's kind of like that person you see and you're like, oh, yeah, they're wild. But do you think they will be a respectable partner or a faithful partner? Faithful is probably the best word. I don't think your team's <laughs> going to be faithful. No, all right. All right, I am probably going to surprise you here. I'm going with Laura's team. I just, I love her receivers. She's so deep at receiver. You know, she did the kind of the reverse strategy of Corey. Corey always loads up on rookie running backs. She loaded up on rookie receivers. Chase Claypool, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy. Now, Jerry Judy hasn't been great, but bunch of rookie receivers not only that she got mike evans robert woods like i just i love and julio love the receivers i I don't know how she assembled all these receivers uh josh allen has you know he's been coming down off of that peak from the first three or four games but she's got a you know a quarterback one uh the running back situation is a little dicey although daryl henderson looks like he might actually hold on to that job i just you know I wish that roster was doing better because I feel like it, you know, it has so much potential to go off every single week, but just that's maybe it's not the best group of receivers of, you know, any team in the league. Yep. Maybe that's Andrew with Ridley and Metcalf and all those guys, but it's my favorite group of receivers. So I'm going to go with Laura's squad. Okay. How's, how's that jive with you? That's fine. I think, like, you can only... (sighs) Starting three receivers is good to risky starting four. You're playing with fire because I... Like, put it another way. Running back ones are always going to get the carries. Like, there's always going to be, like, one or two carries per series, they're going to get the points. 
Receivers, on the other hand, there's a lot of boom busts. There's a lot of, like, a lot of number one receivers will score you two points. We can, like, in one or two weeks. And so, yeah, you could go up against the best team in the league and score, like, a 140 point and take down the best team in the league, or you could score 70 points. Yeah, well, as evidenced last week, you know, she went with the four receiver set and Chase Claypool scored, uh, it was a 0.3. So, it, you know, you're rolling the dice uh, to try to get above average performances from four different receivers in the same week. It's likely that one of the four will not perform. Uh, I am going to test that theory uh, with Justin Jefferson in the OP slot. Technically, I'm starting three backs and three receivers, but, you know. Maybe Tua finds his way back in the lineup. We'll find out. All right. Well, let's take that opportunity to segue into the week eight previews. So the first matchup we have is two, four, and three teams, Barrett versus Fanny, going up against it. And we're recording this just after the Thursday night game. So we can see Calvin Ridley did not have a good game. Scoring only 5.7 points. The projected total, Barrett has a 17-point lead, 125 to 108. Uh, what do you think, Boyd? Well, look, I, I was just on record as saying I would marry Barrett's team. Uh, I still think it's one of the better rosters in the league. Um, my uh, computer is not loading the matchup very well. Um, I think I probably am sticking with Barrett here. Andrews lost, what is it, three out of four? Does that sound right? Uh, so he is going the wrong way. Uh, Barrett is still kind of ascending up the standings. Uh, there's, you know, kind of a glut of us uh, within 30 points for most points in the league, and Barrett's in that group. And so um, I'm just going to go Barrett here. Okay, I'm going to go uh, Fanny. Okay. Get the upset. Upset special. I'm guess I'm gonna pin it on Wilson to Metcalf redemption game. So the next matchup is Corey at four and three somehow against Badger at one and six somehow. Uh, I feel these records should be switched, but them's the breaks huh. and. The projections are 110 for Corley without a defense, so give him another five, 115, 116 to 125 for Badger, who, who's uh, one player going on Thursday was Todd Gurley, who scored her 10 points instead of 16. And I think that I will go with Badger to take down Corley. Okay. Uh, I like that pick. I, I like the potential there. Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, looking like they've got good matchups. Um, I am certainly rooting for Badger because I like to see chaos, as do you. But uh, I'm going to go with Corey just to make things interesting. Uh, next up, let's do you against Ted. Uh, both of you at four and three. Uh, you are currently sitting in first place in the 
newly christened Robinson's division. It is official. Uh, and then Ted sitting in fifth place in the Moore's division. Um, Both at four and three. <laughs> Both of you are four and three. It's crazy. I mean, the, let's just take a, a brief look at the standings real quick. It's, you know, we, we talked about it last week. I think I said 75% of the teams were 500 or better. Uh, we're still looking pretty good. We've got eight out of 12 at four and three or better. 75%. Uh, that is 66% for you math majors at home. Um, Wait, let's do this again. Wait, 8 out of 12 is? 66%. Let's try this again. One last hook. 8 out of 12. 66%. Okay. 8 out of 12 is 75% point. Tell me how you break that down. Because to me, that's two out of three. How how long should we talk about whether eight out of twelve is sixty six or seventy five percent? Yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm giving myself a win on the bold bet. No, no, no. You, I'm winning. You the are so sure of yourself. That may be the only thing I'll Times win. what eight divided by twelve was. Apparently, you don't need math in order to be a programmer. Yeah. That's what they do for me. That's what they do. All right. Uh, Okay. So anyway, the point is there's a lot of teams at four and three. There's, you know, Danny's at three and four. Uh, That would make 75% within one game of the playoffs. And, you know, every, every one of those teams is probably feeling pretty good about their playoff chances. But as we know, uh, based on math, it is impossible for all, eight of those teams or nine of those teams to get in only six teams are getting in. So, you know, are we going to have some seven and six, maybe an eight and five team left out of the playoffs this year? That'd be the first time ever. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, don't know. I, I, I feel top to bottom. I feel it, we will be, I don't know if you or Christina will get to six wins this week. There'll be more if either of us or both of us, or what do you? uh... I don't think both of you will get to six. Okay, okay. Well, I guess we'll uh, see what happens when you get to your picks then. Okay, going to my uh, my matchup. Yes, you against Tab, four and three versus four and three. Well, tell us about it. I am projected to be eight point underdog. Ted has his kicker gone for three points instead of 5.9. I have a running back crisis. Yeah, how are you feeling this week? Chris Carson looks like he's going to be out. You'll probably get one of the two Cincy backs. Uh, James Robinson on bye. Uh, you're forced to start Wayne Gallman this week, fresh off the waiver wire, uh, as well as Henry Ruggs. You traded for him a couple weeks ago. Probably hoping for that rugs to car connection to hit multiple times. Yeah. Uh, I gotta be honest, this is not the squad that you probably thought you were gonna get uh, in week eight of the fantasy season, and not the one that yeah. I would want. This, you know, this is a candidate for a kill selection, I think. But you didn't choose it, so who are you picking? I'm taking Ted in this matchup. Okay. How you like that? Lara. Let's move on. Sounds sounds like you're going to continue to abstain from making any sort of 
partisan judgment on the success of your roster. Next, we have Christina versus Law in a five and two versus two and five. And Christina has the advantage of 12 points, 127 to 115. Law started Julio, who got her 19 points instead of 14. So she was even more at a disadvantage before the Thursday night game started. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will go with Christina. I think she'll get to six and two. You know what? I think I'm going to have to go with Christine as well, as much as I would love to see her fall back uh, to give us all a little more relief in the standings. And as much as I uh, would like to make sweet, sweet love to those receivers on Laura's team, uh, I'm going to have to go with Christine as well. And then to your matchup. Yes. Who is five and two against Eric, who's four and three. And the prediction right now is a 15-point prediction to Eric, and I'm going to go with that. All right. Which is 105 to 120. Uh, are you worried at all that Eric is starting LaMichael P. Ryan and Traquan Smith? No, because even with those shitty players, P. Ryan's got a little bit too many points for my liking. But... Even with those shitty players, he's projected to beat you. All right. Well, I will say this. Uh, I currently have Jamal Williams sitting in that slot, uh, and he is not projected to be the starter. If I threw Aaron Jones in there, and if he played, that would give me 11 more points in projected points. And we all know projections are infallible. But, uh, yeah, I had some disappointing performances tonight from my Panther boys, but I still have confidence in my squad. Got no, Jeff, I think like I got DJ Moore in the OP right now. I'm taking myself. Okay, DJ Moore scoring six points is a blessing for you. He was sitting uh, on zero. Yeah, he had zero uh, well into the fourth quarter. So thank you, DJ, for not giving me a goose egg. All right, uh, does that bring us to our marquee matchup of the week? It does. Okay, and this is what we are crowning as our first loser leaves town matchup. Yes. It is uh, Randy versus Danny. Pretty late in the season for our first loser out matchup. I think we had an 0-3 versus 0-3 last year. So week four, we had our first one. And all the way in week eight, uh, it's our first loser out matchup. And honestly, it's surprising. You know, Danny was projected to be one of the two best teams in the league for most of the season. Uh, Ends up trading away Michael Thomas, trading away... uh, Juju, uh, flipped Juju at one point, made some kind of head-scratching trades for some backup running backs. And he's now projected to finish 8th per ESPN's 10th. Yes. Per ESPN's 10th. So this very well could be a loser out. Uh, you know, Danny falling to 3-5, and five, and with all these 4-3 and three teams available, that really makes it kind of tough uh, with five weeks to play. I mean, like I said, it's impossible for more than six people to make it in the playoffs. And, you know, some of these four and three teams will be playing each other and that will kind of sort itself out. Okay. Uh, so let's break it down position by position. Now uh, we just had the Thursday night game. So a quarterback on each team has already played. Matt Lyon scored 17 points projected for 18. So good enough. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater 
is probably con- concussed, probably in the concussion protocol, and scored only 10 points out of a projected of 18. Yeah. Uh, so we've only got two, and both players are starting another quarterback each. Danny's starting Patrick Mahomes versus the Jets, and Cam Newton versus Buffalo. I like Mahomes. Okay. I'm going to go the other way. I like Cam Newton. I mean, uh, on Andrew's side, he's already got a seven-point advantage with Ryan over Bridgewater, so I'm accounting for that. And, yeah, Mahomes against Jets, that sounds like a great matchup, but I kind of feel like they're going to be putting up 21 points early, and then they're just going to run the ball for the rest of the game. That has high chance of a blowout, and I don't think Mahomes gets really the volume to have a big day. And mm-hmm. I think Cam has a rebound performance against Buffalo. So I'm going to take Colts Claws quarterbacks in this one. Okay. So then running backs, we've got Henley and Burkhead versus Zeke and Naeem Hines. I'm going to go with Holtz Claw on this one with Henley and Burkhead because yeah. Zeke isn't doing Zeke things and Naeem Hines is not trustworthy. No, he sure isn't. I mean, I don't even really need to consider Burkett. I think Henry outscores Elliott and Hines combined. What do you think about that? Well, that's what ESPN thinks as well. Yeah, okay. You're not getting uh, a bold bet out of me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, okay, and then on the receiver side, we've got A.J. Green, Travis Fulgham, uh, and Robbie Anderson. Should we talk about him? No, we've like we can talk about leave that for flex. Okay. Well, yeah, it's weird. Like we let's go Green and Anderson versus Higgins and uh, T Higgins and Cole Beasley. Because why not? I Fulgham? think Anderson is better than Fulgham. Okay. So logic is going. I think that Holtzclaw has the two better receivers there. Higgins will be better next year, but right now Higgins and Green is even. It just depends on who gets the touchdown. So I'll go with Green. And Beasley versus Anderson, I would have gone with Anderson still. Will Beasley score more than seven points? Maybe. Probably not. Okay. I will take Higgins and Beasley. Higgins is the up-and-coming talent. He's been performing recently. As you know, Green has finally started to put some points on the board. Uh, but knowing what we know about Robbie Anderson's seven point game, I'll take Danny's receivers. Okay. Kelsey versus Higby at tight end. Kelsey. Kelsey. And then <laughs> the flex is Fulgham versus uh, Noah Fant. Yep. I think I go with Fulgham. I definitely go with Fulgham. Uh, Bills D versus New England. Interesting starting Bills D against your quarterback. Yeah. That whole school. Well, I've done that to uh, many, many wins this year. Yeah. So, uh, And uh, Steelers D versus Baltimore. Liskey. So I'll go with the Bills D. Okay. Should we do a kicker breakdown while we're at it? No. Uh, so who are you picking? Uh... I take Holtzclaw this week. I will also take Holtzclaw. I think I think Derrick Henry alone could win this matchup for him. Yep. And I, 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 think... I think there's a like if we're saying Fulgham versus Fant, I like Fulgham to go 
double digits, potentially even 20 point game. Yeah. Is that a bold call? No. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, I'll take Holtzclaw on this one. Okay, so will I. Uh, weekly plies for last week, we said, didn't happen. So this week is a double weekly plies. It is Moneyball. And just to confirm, for two weeks ago, Clasino won the Air, Land, Bird weekly plies. Mm-hmm. Uh, confirmed by the assistant to the commissioner. Yeah, Maybe some collusion there. Junior Why don't you explain this week's weekly plus? Okay, so this week's weekly prize is most points scored by players with contracts of less than $5, which is interesting because the keeper value was 5 So it rules out all keepers and anybody else that either had an auction contract of $5 or more or the fab bid was $5 or more. So, uh, you know, it really kind of incentivizes those free agent pickups, the, the true kind of uh, insider or, or hunches that you have. Because, you know, for example, Mike Davis uh, went for $27. It, was it a waiver pickup? Sure. But, you know, we all knew Mike Davis was going to be the man. This more is the going on, getting that guy before he becomes the guy. Like James Robinson. So- I have a feeling Christine is going to win it again this week. Okay. Justin Herbert, $0 pickup. Yep. But that will get her a good 20 points, 25 points. So, Uh, yeah, potentially. That's about all she's got. Uh, You know, she's got her kicker. Uh, I guess she's got Justin Jackson in the flex. Uh, Check a quick contract value on him, though. Uh, $22, so that, that makes him ineligible. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. You know, we had said early in the season that I probably had a pretty good shot at that because I spent $1 on every single one of my bench guys, and I've pretty much turned over my entire bench. Unfortunately, I've actually spent money on some of these guys like Jets Jefferson and Mike Davis and the like. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I did want to take this opportunity to get a clarification on the DJ Moore rule. Uh, which is that if a player is dropped and then immediately added through waivers, his contract continues. So now we have two different dollar values. We've got the auction value and the fab value. And so there might be a situation in which a player was drafted for, let's say, $2. He's dropped and immediately picked up on waivers for $4. What is his contract, the two or his contract, the four? And then if that went the other way, if he was uh, purchase them during the auction. So let, let's say it's yeah. $6 he was drafted for, dropped, and then immediately picked up for $10. Yeah. Because the limits, um, minimum keeper is five. Sure. It's going to be the maximum value of whichever the is higher. Whichever is higher. Yeah. And the contract stays, like the contract length yes. stays. Yeah, so. I know that. Corey, who has Lamar Jackson, could drop him and then spend, say, $40 on him. That doesn't mean he's now a first-year keeper. Correct. So no sneaky business allowed. No DJ Mooring or Devontae Freemaning. Yes. I'm still bitter we didn't name that the Devontae Freeman rule. Okay. I know I was first, but like you were the one that we really made the rule for. I feel like 
I uh, did it so we would make the rule. I didn't oh, think I'd okay. get any advantage in Tavante yeah. Freeman. That's the kind of guy you are. Yeah. All right, okay. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to give us a quick update on how our weekly picks are going. You wanted to breeze right past that, but let me just point out, uh, I am now 19 and 17 on the season. You are 13 and 22. Um, I did happen to catch last week's picks. You mentioned it was a risky move to make picks without me. You either get to make up ground or lose more ground, which coincidentally is how it goes every week anyway. Uh, but you went one and four last week. Uh, did you buckle under the pressure of, you know, a free opportunity to make up some ground on me? No, it was just a tough week. It was That's a tough, tough week. I went bad in uh, weekly pickems as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pickems update is is still winning. Yep. Landon Peter guy is second. And Anna has moved into third. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, it would behoove you to quit picking against me in our pickems because I'm five and two and show no signs of slowing down. So, okay. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, my friend. Okay. So, I think that's it for now and this week. Good luck this week to everyone except for Ted. <laughs> Let's check who I was playing. <laughs> it's good to be back, everybody. Uh, thank you for welcoming me back with open arms, AJ. And I look forward to at least one more week before my second retirement. Bye for now. <laughs>